Hi, everyone. I'm Alicia Esposito, Senior Content Strategist for Retail Touchpoints. And I don't think I need to tell you that e-commerce is going to play a critical role this holiday shopping season. But today, I have the chance to speak with Steve Rowan, Managing Partner of Retail Systems Research. And we're going to dig into all of the holiday spending predictions and what may be impacting your e-commerce site performance this season. Steve, thanks so much for taking the time. Happy to be here. So... I just want to dig right into the heart of our conversation today, which is all around e-commerce. Predictions, imperatives for success, especially for a holiday, and um, even some forward-looking 2020 plans um, and priorities. Um, So my first question for you, uh, reading some early numbers, predictions around holiday, um, the impact of e-commerce specifically, some are saying that e-commerce sales are expected to rise up to uh, 15% year over year. Um, Would love your thoughts to start out um, on whether you think the retail industry is on pace for such a significant increase um, this holiday season, especially with everything going on, all the other factors that um, undoubtedly have an impact on retail for performance, Um, you know, threats of recession, tariff discussions, the political climate, a lot of other outside factors that that are are clouding things a little bit. So should retailers expect such a significant increase this year? I mean, you touched on a lot of things there, right? This is certainly what people would refer to as a fairly tricky year based on all of the abnormalities that are kind of flying around. I would say on a regular year, 15% would be fairly optimistic. I mean, the numbers that come out in advance are always designed to, you know, get us all jazzed up and let's make sure we have enough inventory and let's make sure that, you know, we're prepared for an onslaught of rabid consumers. Um, I don't understand personally, you know, what would make consumers at this point have the confidence that they appear to have. I mean, there, there don't seem to be any real indicators that we look at that show us that people aren't planning to go, you know, as in debt, if not more in debt than they usually do every holiday season. But all the stuff around the tariffs just brings a whole nother level of uncertainty um, to the picture. So from, from my perspective, and again, you know, this is, this is one analyst viewpoint. I'm sure you could find someone who would take the direct counter to me. Um, but so far, what I've been able to see is that retailers haven't been passing a lot of the cost of those tariffs onto consumers. Particularly the larger guys are doing a really good job of pushing it back on their manufacturers. So I'm not sure how much consumers are really going to feel the burden of that. So the, the Federal Reserve back in, I think it was September, made a prediction that the average increase in cost based on the, you know, the tariffs uh, levied against China this year, we're going to hit the, Ameri- the average American family for $800 a year, which is huge. But unless you're looking at big ticket items like, you know, televisions or high-end stereos or things like that, we don't really see a lot of it. And I was actually having a conversation with my brother, of all people, uh, who actually works at a CPG company just yesterday. Um, and he was saying that it's gotten to the point where they can't even, they can't even entertain any new business with any new retailers because they're having to explain their, their pricing structure just doesn't work. It doesn't make any sense for them to try to take on a new retailer at this point. The only people that they're able to maintain relationships with are retailers that they already have a relationship with, and they can kind of say, listen, man, these, you know, I know you're not going to pass this along to your consumers. You've got to work with me and meet me sort of halfway. So the, the uncertainty around all of that swirls around, you know, when is it that the consumers are really going to start seeing a lot of this hitting their wallet? Um, but the other problem is on the retailer side because they know this is coming. Sooner or later, they can't just keep pushing forever, 
right? And so then there's all these deadlines around which products are going to be hit with tariffs when. Um, and as a result, a lot of, I would imagine apparel retailers in particular, are sort of pantry loading right now, right? They're over-ordering all of their spring inventory now in order to try to beat the December hike in tariffs that's going to go up. Um, so now it becomes an even more compounded issue because if people don't come out and spend the way that these sort of hyper-buzzy predictions are you know, saying that they will, um, and retailers end up with too much holiday inventory on top of too much spring inventory, then we have a real recipe for disaster. So to me, you know, it, while that 15% number is optimistic, it, it, the closer we can get to it, the better it's going to be for retailers because without it, we're, we're looking at something of a, of a perfect storm. Got it. No, that's an interesting domino effect that, honestly, I haven't really thought about. I feel like the state of how, like, the calendar lines up this year as well, everyone's talking about the fact that it's a squeeze season, and right. um, how does that impact shopper behaviors, when they start shopping, how frequently they're shopping? Does that kind of play a role in that in that perfect storm that you're talking about? And, and what do you think <coughs> is going to be happening in terms of consumer behaviors? I mean, consumer behavior to me is always one of the funniest things to look at is, is the gender line, right? We do a lot of research where we look at people by different socioeconomic status or, you know, where they might be in the country geographically. The interesting ones are always about gender, right? So for the average, you know, for me or some of my friends, <laughs> some of the guys that I work with or for my aforementioned brother, I don't think it'll do anything other than create, you know, a whole bunch more last-minute panic. You know, for the girlfriends and wives and sisters and moms, it might just mean more planning. And it's really kind of, you know, crude to paint it out that way. But, I mean, these are the numbers that we have a lot of data to support. The, the average male shopper just waits to the last minute no matter what it is. So when you make that a much shorter season, that could have a real impact. Because there's, you know, two-day shipping once seemed so fantastic to us all, right? Well, now we've gotten so comfortable with it that we're placing orders on December 22nd, kind of hoping they're going to get here by the 24th. And that doesn't always that doesn't always pan out. Um, so I would imagine that as the result of a shorter, as you call it, a squeeze season, there's going to be a lot more sort of IOUs on on, on the holidays of well, your your gift just didn't get here in time, but you know I, I promise it's coming. Um, I see a lot more of that happening. But again, as long as the dollars are coming in, that's really what matters most. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there are definitely experience implications of that as well, right? I mean. We, of course, have been keeping close tabs on the evolution of Thanksgiving weekend, you know, those main shopping holidays and, and how that's really um, sparked a a surge in digital shopping behaviors, especially, you know, seeing that shift from, you know, going to the mall on Black Friday to sitting on your couch and doing it all at home. So with, with all those last minute um, shopping behaviors in mind or targeting those key shopping holidays, um, I mean, what, what do you think is going to happen in, in terms of e-commerce and mobile performance? I mean, mobile kind of reached a tipping point last year in and of itself. So are we um, are, should we be expecting a, a, another surge this year for digital? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's, 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 no, there's no putting this toothpaste back in the tube, right? I mean, mm -hmm. we've all become fairly enamored of the convenience of being able to shop for whatever we want, wherever we want, whenever we want. Um, we've actually done a bunch of evaluative research over the last couple of years where we go out and, and look at, you know, any number of different retailers in a certain segment and then try to, you know, basically shop the way a consumer does across their different touch points, whether it's the desktop site or the mobile site or the mobile app. 
Um, and we see a lot of leapfrogging. We see a lot of people saying, well, we can't, you know, we have to prioritize. We have to triage this somehow. We can't make everything state-of-the-art right now. Um, but there is, as you said, you know, the, the mobile tipping point. There is an absolute prioritization of both mobile uh, mobile sites and mobile apps right now because I think the writing's on the wall. I mean, it, it, you mentioned the, the, the holidays around Thanksgiving. Well, the whole Cyber Monday thing is, is kind of hilarious when you think about it now because it all started back when we had to have, you know, none of us had computers in our homes and we would have to wait until we went back to the office on Monday to do our shopping when we were supposed to be doing our work. Now it's just become something that, you know, retailers pounce on and offer all kinds of discounts and deals, and people have sort of become conditioned to expect that. But there's no real need for Cyber Monday anymore. Um, so, no, I, 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 you know, to your question, will we see a compound interest in shopping on mobile devices and, you know, digitally to begin with? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, and, and to that end, I mean, of course – the readiness conversation, right? I mean, ensuring that your e-commerce and your mobile experiences are up for that spike. I mean, we've been talking about that for, uh, I think, a few years at, at this point, even when mobile was just a, a blip on um, retailers' radars. But I'm curious to get your perspectives as far as whether retailers are prioritizing that readiness accordingly. I mean, you kind of alluded to in your in your last response around you know, mobile especially being a priority, but um, are are they getting the the dollars, the attention, the bandwidth? You know, from, from a, a team perspective, are they are they getting the attention that they really deserve? Yes and no. At the highest tiers, absolutely. I mean, you know, I know it was a few years ago now that Target had that crash when they launched their Lily Pulitzer line, um, and there was there was, I think, more attention brought to that than probably any of the other you know, holiday-related ones. And the reason was is because as a, as a retailer, your heart went out to them. You know, I actually watched their CIO have to give a presentation about why that happened and how that happened. And the thing that really struck me was they were preparing for a launch of a new line using the highest traffic data that they had, and that was the previous year's, you know, holiday season. They were basically looking at Black Friday from the year before. And just in the five or six months between you know, the holiday season of the previous year in the April when they were launching the Lily Pulitzer line, they found that the traffic had increased so much that they couldn't even, they couldn't even trust six months ago's data. Mm-hmm. So when you ask if people are prepared, I think mentally there is quite a bit of mind share being given to are we going to be prepared for the digital onslaught this year. What I think is, is really problematic is people are basing it off of previous data, whether it was the year before or whether it was even just a few months before. And that's a, real, that's a real error in calculation at this point because, you know, when we talk to retailers, we're constantly telling them, you need to over-prepare for this. Whatever you think your traffic might be, um, just, just be aware that it's, it's going to reach heights that you may not have been expecting. Um, and so it's, to me, it's a yes and no answer. I think, that, I think that everyone kind of gets how important this is, but who's really prepared for it and who's really put in the work and the investment to prepare for a worst-case scenario or, if you'd rather, a best-case scenario, um, that's, that, those are two, two very different things. Third-party technologies such as live chat, personalization, and customer reviews are critical for delivering great online experiences to your shoppers. But these third parties have also been proven to significantly slow down site performance which can lead to decreased conversions. Yoda recently published the 2019 Third-Party E-Commerce Technology Index, 
which rates the performance impact of 400 of the top e-commerce third parties. Go to yoda.com to download the index and see if your third parties are slowing down your site. So that over-preparing point that that you you just shared. I mean, how how do how do IT and all of the other stakeholders wrap their heads around how to do that? Is it just a matter of looking at last year's projections and then ramping them up? I mean, how do you get into the practicality of doing that and making sure everything, all of the boxes are checked? Yeah, I mean that that's a that's a fairly complicated thing. It's it's gonna it's gonna vary individually by retailer. But I mean, a, a great place to start would be let's take a look at last year's numbers and then let's prepare for you know a twenty percent increase. That would probably be. A, I mean, I'm just kind of shooting from the hip here. Um, you know, in, when we do the evaluation based research that we do every year, one of the things that becomes really apparent to us um, pretty quickly is that most retailers don't even shop their own sites. They truly don't. They don't. You can go on a retailer, you know, a, a well-known brand name, and you can go and take a look at their desktop site, their mobile site, and their mobile app, and you will see three very different experiences. Um, that right there tells me that the amount of holistic preparation is not what it needs to be. Because even if you're aware of the fact that you have an experiential difference, there are probably some technical differences that, that support those different touch points as well. Um, and there's no real preparing for how a consumer wants to shop anymore. Just because you think that they might really like your mobile app doesn't mean that they're going to go and download it and engage with it the way that you hoped for. So you better be really prepared that the mobile site might take on all the traffic. Or conversely, you know, but there, there are still people, myself included, who do, an abs- you know, do quite a bit of shopping from a desktop site. Um, so it, to me, it, you know... One of the clearest ways to, to sort of quickly identify whether a retailer has given this not just the mind share but also the, the investment that is, is required is just shopping the way a consumer would. Try to buy something. Try to investigate a product across the different touch points that a retailer has, and you'll expose pretty quickly um, whether they have someone in-house, you know, some sort of chief customer experience officer or something similar, um, if they have employed somebody like that or if they haven't. And far too frequently, the answer is, uh, "Oh, <laughs> no, we haven't. We haven't done that yet." Right. No, that's, that's very interesting. So that leads me to my next question around um, how those different elements that make up the digital experience, whether it's desktop, mobile, mobile app, um, how the different elements that go into a, a great digital experience could possibly impact site performance because you know there there are so many different components now there's like user generated content ratings and reviews social integration and then of course we're hearing more and more about the need to curate products and offers i mean a lot of different elements are are at play here especially if you want to win over those um those holiday dollars right i mean what what role does that play if any as far as um making sure the site is performing or, or the digital experiences are performing how they should be? Oh, it's enormous. I mean, you know, like I said, we've been, we've been doing uh, research actually with Yoda every year since 2017 where we'll go out and we'll take a look at, you know, usually around 80 retailers from the Internet Retailer 500. We usually focus on, we, we don't do like the, you know, the 1 through 50. We usually start around number 50 and go up to 150. Um, and the results actually keep getting worse. You know, in 2017, we called out that one of the headlines of the, or one of the takeaways from the report is that most retailers' websites are disturbingly slow. Those are the words that we used, right? Disturbingly slow. Um, 
And we thought that by doing that, we would kind of set the industry on fire um, and, and call people's attention to the fact that there is so much stuff going on on your site that's slowing things down that it would, you know, by the time that we did the research a year later, that it would be a lot better. We were wrong. You know, it turns out in 2018 and 2019, the scores actually went down. And one of the things that we found is that in both cases, retailers' intention was in the right place. They were adding so much stuff that you're talking about. They were adding so many third parties to bring in things like chat and review and all the things that, you know, as consumers, we love engaging with. Um, so the intention was in the right place, but the execution was really lacking. So all of these third parties and all of these, these added features were having a pretty significant impact on performance. Um, and so one of the things that we kind of you know, trumpeted after we were doing this research is you can have all the features and functions in the world, if you, but if, if a customer can't actually access your site um, at a rate that sort of meets his or her demands, then what's the point? Um, and you know, just to, to compound that, one of the things that this year's data teased out uh, that I thought was probably one of the most fascinating things is when there is a problem, retailers are likely going to be the last people to know. So we did a report actually with PayPal a couple of years ago looking at uh, wait times in stores, and we, it was huge. I mean, we did it all around the globe. There was eight countries. We had like 10,000 consumers and a couple hundred retailers responding and asking things, you know, what happens when there's a long line in stores. Um, and in the physical world, it's pretty easy to see. As long as you have, you know, some way of measuring what's going on in your stores, people were getting really upset. They were saying, I'm, you know, retailers were, set, were, stocked, were basically putting enough staff in stores to say, we think the average wait time is going to be one or two minutes. And then no matter where you were, whether it was Germany, whether it was Brazil, whether it was Russia, whether it was China, people were saying, we're waiting more like eight minutes and we're getting fed up and we're leaving. Well, in the online, and that's, you, can, you can see that happen in the physical world. Online, when there's a problem, people are just going to leave and go to another retailer. And you're not going to know about it. Um, to the point where the data this year said something like 60% of people said, when, when a site is slow, I'm just going to leave. Um, and of those people, they got really specific. 40% said, I'll just leave and go to Amazon. And does a retailer know about that? No, because there was something like 10% said people said, you know, we'll actually complain to the retailer and let them know. So this is a major blind spot. So, so online, retailers are adding all this functionality. It's slowing down the site. Consumers are getting pissed and leaving, and retailers aren't even knowing. Um, so to me, that is a, that's a serious blind spot, and, and one, like I said, if you don't know it exists, it's very hard to address. Oh, that's great, Steve. Yeah, as I was researching for, for our conversation today, I, I couldn't help but think how funny it is that, again, we have been talking about this notion of readiness for so long. It, it's, it is so, so critical. And not to discount the impact or influence of those traffic spikes that we've been talking about, I, I, I always found it funny that we still year after year have that hall of shame, right? I mean, you you go to Twitter and you see everyone, uh, the, the social media warrior, so to speak, um, complaining about a site being out or they have an item in their cart and then they try to they try to check out and then it crashes, you know, all these issues compounding one after the other. So sure. is, is it safe to say that um, the issue is more so the fact that retailers aren't testing the, the spikes in lieu of all of these extra capabilities and it's kind of creating that uh, domino effect of sorts or I'm trying to understand, um, you know, what has the most influence, the, the spikes or, you know, the, 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 the pile up of integration and, and third-party capabilities. 
Yeah, I don't think you can really separate one from the other. You know, I mean, it they sort of go hand in hand. There are we're 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 living in a society where patience is growing thin, right? To your point, if you want to see some really bad behavior, either get you know behind a wheel or go online and just see how upset people are coming. People are becoming very quick to anger. They have higher expectations than ever before, and they have zero empathy for retailers. Zero. You know, that was one of the things that we saw in our data this year when we surveyed consumers and asked them things like, if a, you know, if a retailer's site is slow, what are you going to do? They're like, I'm just going to leave. I'm going to leave and I'm going to write to Amazon. Um, are you going to tell anybody? No. Are you going to go on social media? Eh, I think there was like 15 or 20% maybe said, yeah, I'll go complain about it. But most people just, they have a problem. They're trying to solve it. And you can either make it easy for them to do that or they will absolutely abandon you with, without a second thought about it. Um, so to me, there's, there's kind of two things at play, right? There's can you handle when you are the most popular kid in school and everybody wants to shop your site for the hot product that you have, you know, from a technical point of, you know, point of view? Um, and have you made the experience enjoyable and fast enough that someone can then, you know, engage with you the way they want to? It has absolutely nothing to do with whatever, you know, tour you wanted to take them on and show them all these wonderful things that they could buy in addition to the one thing they came for. Um, it's really about can you get them in and get them out in a way that makes them happy enough to not to not leave and not come back, um, and that's 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 a high wire, right? That's not something that we emp- that I mean I empathize all day with retailers who are trying to figure this out because it's like on one hand I have these absolutely you know angry mobs waiting at my physical you know digital door to get in and buy whatever it is that they feel that they need right now, but on the other hand I need to offer them an experience that you know, is clean enough and is succinct enough uh, to make them remember me next time. So it's, it's, a, it's a really tough thing to sort of separate the two of those. Mm-hmm. That's great, Steve. And obviously you come from a place of working with a lot of retailers, um, doing a lot of research of, of what retailers are doing and what consumers are expecting. So um, uh, it's great to see that empathy a there. Whole lot. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I guess a good way to close out our conversation, you kind of, you referenced, um, you know, the reality that that retailers need to shop their own site and understand what that experience is through the lens of their shopper, which I think is critically important to to gauging where their uh, digital performance is. But I mean, we're, we're a few weeks out from Thanksgiving. I mean, things are going to start heating up soon. So I mean, is there anything else that retailers can do right now um, to kind of uh, do a quick gut check before but before things get hot and heavy? Um, or is there anything that they need to be thinking about already as we get into 2020 planning and, you know, implementing a strategy for that? I know there's only so much retailers can do at, at this point in the holiday season, but any quick takeaways would be helpful. Yeah, the, the right now part is the only problematic part of that, right? Right now is probably not the moment to start tinkering with anything. We've all heard horror stories right. of people deciding, you know, three weeks before Thanksgiving, we decided we would, you know, completely revamp our e-commerce experience. It might not be the ideal time to do that. Um, but I would say to the larger point to your question about preparing for 2020, I, I don't know how to, how to say this without seeming like I'm just, you know, constantly poking people for the same thing over and over again. But if you read the research that we do around, you know, online performance um, and you look at it from 2017 to 2018 to 2019, I imagine we'll probably be doing it 2020 again, there is just not enough change taking place. The problems that existed in 2017 are still there now. 
And I really, truly, you know, we've, we've been a business now for 12 years and we do a lot of reports year over year. We see change. Um, we're not seeing enough in the online world. It's just not happening fast enough. And as consumers, we all know that our behavior has changed markedly in the last three years. And yet, the, by and large, the online experience, if you're buying from a branded retailer, hasn't changed all that much. Um, so, you know, I, I would say as Amazon continues to just sort of eat everyone's lunch by picking up these clever little things that nobody else thought to do first, um, and then doing them at scale, I would say that shopping your own offerings is the absolute bare minimum of what retailers should be doing to expose the, the problems that they have right now and help close some of those gaps for 2020. You might not be able to do it for this holiday season because it's, like I said, it's probably a little late to start you know, tinkering right now. Um, but what is really eye-opening to me is how evident it is that most retailers don't even do that. So that, to me, is an absolute fundamental jumping-off point. You need to assign someone whose day-to-day life is to make sure that they're thinking like your consumer because Amazon is thinking like a consumer all the time. They have legions of people doing that. If you don't have at least one, um, the, the, the... not going to get better. We put it that way. Um, so to me, that is a, a bare minimum requirement. And then once that person is in place and they come up with all these, you know, exposed sort of blind spots, um, it's really important to take that seriously because, you know, myself and my partner, Brian Kilcourse, we've been doing this research for three years now. And it's, it is glaringly apparent to us when we go to a retailer's site and then go to their mobile site and then go to their mobile app, whether or not their head is in the game on this. So I would say that's a, a absolute fundamental place to start. But wait until wait until Q one. <laughs> <laughs> Great, Steve. Yeah. So I think all the retailers listening should consider that a call to arms of sorts. Um, you know, as they start thinking about twenty twenty, what their imperatives are. Um, I mean, obviously. You and Brian, um, you live and breathe this every day, but I think even everyday shoppers, I mean, they know as soon as they click go in their browser um, whether retailers are prioritizing that performance or not. So, um, you know, definitely some hard-hitting stuff there. Uh, Steve, before we close out, um, obviously RSR has has been in the game for a while. I think most, if not all, of the community knows you, but um, where can people go to get more research, get more insights from you and the rest of the team? rsrresearch.com, 24 hours a day. We're always there. You just need to sign up. Uh, it, registration is free. It only takes a minute. All we ask for is like your job title and your email, and then we will hit you with everything we do. We do about 12 regular benchmark reports a year. We do a weekly newsletter every single week. We do all kinds of infographics. We do all kinds of online webinars. We are, we are fairly prolific Uh, And everything that we do is free. So, yeah, thank you for giving me an opportunity to plug that. That was pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. No, an invaluable source. Um, You know, you have been great resources for us as media. So thank you again so much, Steve, for uh, taking the time out and for sharing such valuable insights. Really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Holiday Insight Series. Want to get more best practices from retail's top thought leaders? Just subscribe to our Holiday Hub to get timely insights and best practices.